get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Character and Smallman, and we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and our friend, the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber, joins us on a Monday morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Randy, I'm doing great. How are you? Everything's good. I was watching, as I think a lot of people were last night, the Golden Knights against the Avalanche, and the Golden Knights look suspiciously like the 2019 Blues in the way they handled the, the Colorado Avalanche last night. They did. They, you know, they handled them pretty well. And what, what I was thinking is somewhat similar to you is the, the Golden Knights are trying to figure them out over the series. You know, the first games obviously go to Colorado. The Golden Knights kind of battle back. They get Ryan Reeves back from a suspension. Uh, McNabb could be coming off of uh, and, and be healthy coming off of the COVID list. So put all that in there, and it's going to th- continue to make this series long. Now the question is, is can Jared Bednar's group with Colorado – you know, adjust to what Colorado, uh, Vegas has thrown at them now in the last couple of games. And I, it's a classic great series of adjustments because these two teams are so doggone good, it's going to be the little things that make a difference. Curbs, those two teams right now are the standard in the NHL. How far away do you think the Blues are from Vegas and Colorado? You know what, uh, I, David Perron has talked about this. Others have talked about it, Michelle. I don't think they're very far. I just don't think there's that great of a difference between the good teams in this league and uh, fans are tired of hearing me talk about it. it I, health was just an issue this year. And could the booze beat uh, the, one of these two teams in a seven game playoff series? I'd like to think they could, but to do that, you'd have to be healthy and, and, uh, and they just weren't. So get a healthy group, fill in some of the holes that we've talked about. And it's a different style of hockey, but I think it's a winnable one. So I, I, I like the blues chances. I don't, I don't look at these two th- teams and think, oh, my goodness, they're juggernauts, and it's going to take a while to catch them. Uh, I think the Blues are poised to be in a really good spot to compete against them. Curbs, it is still my belief that the winner of that series is going to win the Stanley Cup. And by the way, that series even at two games apiece now. Do you think there's another team that stands out to you that you say, okay, I would not be surprised if they would beat Colorado or Vegas? You know what, uh, I, I think that Tampa and Boston are, are the two, to, to, to me, that, that have a chance to do it. I think Boston has the goaltending. Boston has the grinded-out kind of game uh, to muck it up a little bit. They, and their style just is, it seems to just continue to give them success, doesn't it? And then to me, Tampa. Tampa's got the scoring. They've got the speed to match them. They've got some transition game going. And, and they've also got a little bit of nastiness to them and some grit to them. So, um, I would have to think in, in, in agreement with you, Randy, that those two teams would be the favorites going in. But uh, but I think you'd get some pretty good value with Tampa or Boston on there. Montreal, it's it's, it's about Carey Price. And Carey yeah. Price is just Carey Price is finally performing in the playoffs again, the way Montreal has needed him to perform for a long time, you know. And uh, and and he is carrying them right now. But he's carrying them through a Canadian division that just you know I you we've talked about it. I didn't think that that. Toronto, I didn't think that Edmonton were very good uh, playoff-built teams, and, and that's proven to be the case. And uh, it would be interesting to see how Montreal responds against uh, whatever team they end up playing. Curbs, when you look at your list of questions or concerns for the Blues that you, if you're Doug Armstrong, would want to tackle this offseason, what's at the top of the list for you? 
Well, I, well, obviously the top of the list has got to be a decision on what you're doing with Jaden Schwartz and can you come to an agreement with him. And, and that, that's going to determine whether you have one hole uh, in your top six on the left wing or do you have two. And even then, do you consider Jaden Schwartz top six at this point or on a really good team? Does he really round out uh, uh, maybe that second line to edging into your third line role on the left wing? You've got the, you've got restricted free agents. You've got to get figured out. And Robert Thomas, and Jordan Cairo, and Vince Dunn, and Zach Sanford. Are you going to keep all those guys? It would not surprise me to see somebody not get tendered an offer, because one thing that Doug Armstrong I know does believe is that in the cap world, cap space is an asset, and we've seen teams trade cap space, right? So sometimes it's not just a player; just reserving cap space is an asset too in some ways like getting a draft pick. So to me that that's part of those those are two big things, Michelle. And then and then I think it's how are you gonna find some help on the free agent market if there's not a, a trade to be made. And for example, you've got a, a, a Zach Hyman, a Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a Taylor Hall, a, a Saad, Landis Cog, Coleman. Coleman with Tampa intrigues the living heck out of me as a me free too. agent. Uh, for the for the St. Louis Blues in a, in such a huge way, and so if that's the case, Randy, we know that it's uh, a bunch of other teams, but <laughs> there's some options out there for him to, uh, you know, to to improve this team, and and I think that aggressiveness has to be the mo this summer. I really do. If you want a guy that at least provides the skill set that Alexander Steen brought you, Blake Coleman is one of those guys, and on a different level, uh, also on the fourth line for Tampa. Barkley Goodrow would be a quintessential St. Louis Blue. Well, the thing about Blake Holmes, first off, it'd be great to get uh, another Miami of Ohio guy in here because (laughs) Joe would have to be reminded of that every single broadcast. So I think that that would be – and I suggest you ask him about that. Like, if they were to get Blake Coleman, how many times would he let me tell him that he played at Miami of Ohio? I think Joe's response would be fun. It would have to be 82 or less. So so there's that. But listen – you look at this guy, and he's only making $1.8 million this year, mm-hmm. right? Now, and I haven't studied Tampa's cap situation, right? So I don't know, you know how easy it would be for it to keep him. But look at the, the way he's hit 20 goals. Look at what he could bring. He's one of those players that kind of like an Alexander Steen uh, in, in this way to me, Randy. He was kind of held down in Toronto as a third, fourth-line guy the whole time he was there. The Blues bring him in and and start to elevate him. And for a while there, Alexander Steen was part of your top line, right? Mm -hmm. I think in this lineup, a guy like Blake Coleman could be one heck of a complimentary player to to an O'Reilly and a David Perron and find a role. I mean, I'll go back to to Craig Conroy, for example, right? Remember, he was just – he couldn't get beyond the third line with Joel Quenville here in St. Louis. They move him to Calgary. And he ends up centering Jerome Ginla, picking up 77 points for three or four straight years. So I, I'm curious to see if a guy like Blake Coleman could be that type of guy. Curbs, what do you think the Blues should do with Vladimir Tarasenko? Would you put him on the protected list for the expansion draft? Man, this is when your gut and your hockey sense really has to play a role here. The, the answer, Michelle, is I don't know. Um, you know, you've got a guy that if he's healthy and if he's able to come back after a healthy off season, you know, you've got somebody that could pick you up 35 to 40 goals. Uh, at the same time, he's only scored eight goals since the Stanley cup final in 2019. You know, if you, if your Intel makes you think that, and, and this is, by the way, this isn't about ego. 
if we're worried about his feelings or something like that, in this case, we're worried about the wrong thing. All right. Uh, if you're worried about his feelings or, or players' feelings when it comes to whether or not somebody was named captain or not, then we're worried about the wrong thing. This one comes down to the depth of your team. If you don't think, and your intel tells you that you don't think he's going to get picked, then I think it's more important that you turn around and protect a guy like a Barbashev or somebody like that that protects your depth. If you really think you could lose him, now you've got a decision to make. And, and I'm not not knowing the medical side of things and what it's been around him every day for the last year in terms of what they really think of where his game is. I don't know the answer to that. But that that is a huge question right now because if there's a chance you could leave him unprotected and still keep him, I like your ability to protect a guy like a Barbashev and, and keep some depth there. Yeah, I feel the same way, Curbs. It's Here's a guy that's played 24 games in two calendar seasons now and has had three shoulder surgeries. And it's not about him. It's about your team. And I would dare Seattle to take him. If they want to gamble on a guy that's played 24 games in a couple of years, he's going to be 30, and he's had the three surgeries, I'm willing to roll the dice. And if they take him, it gives you $7.5 million in cap room. Well, and, yep, that's that's another aspect of it. So, again, do you think you've gotten the best out of Vladimir Tarasenko and the injuries are going to be too much? That that's a, That's a big question mark here. And, you know, and, and look, he, when, when going, and we even saw it in the last game, unfortunately it was too predictable we'd see it then, is that, you know, you you could see where he's got an elite shot and he's got the elite ability to do it. But I wonder if, and, and this is where the, the team and, and Vladdy have to get on the same page here. Vladdy's got to adjust his game, it appears. Uh, teams have kind of figured out where to get to him. They figured out he likes to stay on the outside. And, and they figured out how to defend him. And I think that's been part of it, not just the injuries. Um, so, you know, to, to me, and then look look what happened. The power play was not good with him on it. Um, you know, the, the, the six on five, when they put him out there, was not great with him. And, you again, when not when we don't get a chance to really check in with the coaches or, or, or Doug or even Vladdy on this one, I don't know how much of this is health, you know, and how much of it is, is, is hamstring, as he said, or what. But there, there's some real – internal discussions that have to happen and I think maybe even including some conversations with Vladimir Tarasenko that, that lead you into that decision and, and that's not that, that's not copping out on trying to answer the question guys it's just trying to give you everything involved it is not an easy decision on that one oh, good answer Curbs always good to hear your voice thanks so much for the time have a great week and we'll talk to you soon guys have an awesome week we'll talk to you next week see you later that is the voice of your St. Louis Blues here on 101 ESPN Chris Kerber Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. 
And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffel Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.